Welcome to Oz Property Investors, where your smart, no BS friends who tell you the most interesting stuff going on in property. Join your host, Jeff Miles, former mortgage broker and property developer, alongside Joe Tucker, Director of Property Principles Buyers Agency, as they interview some of Australia's top property experts and commentators, so we can all become better property investors together. <laughs> and we are live on Oz Property Investors. We bring the big names and we have the big fun. How are you going? I'm sorry, I should have told you we we're going to hit the live, but it's okay. We are back Hello. in 2024 and it's just so good to be back. Like on a Wednesday night, what else am I do? I didn't know what to do. I twiddled my thumbs and I was like, ah, what do I do with my time? I just, how about you guys? What were you doing with your time at Wednesday, 7.30? Well, I just want to apologize to everyone really because I, you know, we've had a Christmas break and I realized I need some podcast time. And I went on to my favorite podcast apps no one was uploading anything so we did the exact same thing and i'm like why well, come on guys let's upload stuff upload stuff we need i need that content as much as i love my family i just don't need 24 7 with them so uh if we are that for you i say sorry we should have we should have just pushed on through and gone gone through the entire christmas period so we could get some uploads of, of this so um <laughs> that's what i realized you know i'm <laughs> we're not going to do that by the way but uh, we do. I do realize I did miss the the current uploads for some of my favorite pods. But I don't know. What about you, Sophie? Did you have a nice break away? I didn't break away at all. Like we're we're in moving season, and because I run the two businesses, the residential side and the short term accommodation side, that was peak. That was peak. So my holiday oh. is really going to be. I'm going to say probably Feb or March. I'm going to take a really good break. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Treat myself. Yeah. How about how about everybody in the audience? Like, we hope everybody had a good uh, good Christmas and New Year. And and what sort of like throw some comments about what uh, what twenty twenty four is going to look like for her property because that's what we are here to talk about. We are here to talk property. So, but how how are you going anyway to today, Joe? Like, how how are you feeling? What's what's happening? Oh, mate, I'm pumped. I'm I'm ready to rock. I'm ready to go for this one. Um, <laughs> there has been a recent change in legislation um, in and rules from the government. And there's, like with investing, there are things that, that kind of like a consistent, you know, supply, demand, those things remain there. But there's also opportunities in inflection points. And one of those inflection points is regulation change, right? Like, um, I don't know if anyone's read... Uh, Steve McKnight's book, uh, Zero to 260 Properties in a Year. Uh, but there was a massive opportunity for him when they introduced the first home buyer grants. And all of a sudden, property started to increase $30,000, dollars $50,000 based on that. And this, it, you know, we've got a brand new regulation change with what the Victorian government has brought in, um, a, a, a state that's historically got terrible yields is this inflection point? Is this is this change going to be the the new thing? And um, Sophie, the the Victoria Queen, is going to help us out answer some of those questions. I understand it a little bit more. So I'm excited, mate. What about you? How's you? Well, uh, good. Yeah, yeah. Doing some yoga today. You know, I, I realized how inflexible I am. So yeah, had to yeah, like kind of kind of combat you but, more. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Particularly when you've got somebody beside you, like doing like the bloody doing the pretzels and you're like, ah, this is, yeah, this is really making me like, I, you can't even cross your legs, but no, going well, man. And 2024 is going to be a fun year property. Like I, I just, I, I'm still mapping out what's that, what my sort of property goals, but 
pretty good idea. So I'm excited. But uh, Sophie, what about yourself? What's how are you going? Like, are you feeling like 2024 is going to be fun? Like, what's what's happening? I'm getting massive FOMO personally. <laughs> um, I, I am right in the middle of a renovation. So as soon as this one is done, that's when we'll be able to have a look and see nice. where we go to, what we do next and where we go to next. It's okay. Everybody's um, running their own um, race. So you, you will we'll get to the exact destination you're supposed to be. So, But tonight's <laughs> session, it's going to be our first and it's going to be a, a fantastic first, so the, as I say, of 2024. We've got, um, we've got Sophie to talk. We're going to do a quick around the grounds of Geelong as to what's happening and, and sort of we're speaking about it for the show. I think there's plenty of fun things happening there. And we're going to talk about the like not a lot of people know about this. It's the old granny flat. You can you can actually rent it to um, to sort of to to tenants rather than actually before that. My understanding, correct me wrong, is you could only have sort of family members sort of stay in that granny flat. So it's, to me, that's that's a, a a huge opportunity. So I wanted to get on talk mm-hmm. about what it, what it looks like from an opportunity, like what you need to do. Uh, what are the numbers as well? Because that's what we we think mostly of our calculator here as investors. So I think that's important. And also then as well, what talk to what things you need to think about. Is your property able to be have a granny flat on it as well? Because it's all good and well saying, yeah, yeah it's an opportunity, but if it, can you can you practically have one if it, even if it ticks those boxes? So it's going to be a huge yeah. session. Just answer any any questions people about uh, Victoria, uh, particularly Geelong as well for Sophie. So big session, Joe. What I miss, man? Probably not much. Well, I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. I think this Most is going to be a good one because. Um, People don't know, so let's roll into it. Let's let's just kick it off. Is that what we do? What do we have quote of the week first? I've got how this bloody process content works. of the week. We run the ad. That's right. We do <laughs> content, content of the week. week. So, Sophie, do you have your content ready to go? Because I, I certainly yep. have mine. Think about it. Sure all do. <laughs> what is it? What's your content of the week? Are we starting with Jeff or starting with me? No, or you? Guest first. You got the goods. Yep. Awesome. Um, I've been consuming a lot of podcasts and audiobooks over the holidays, well, I always do, but one person that I'm really into at the moment is, and I hope I'm saying it correct, is Mo Goddat. Have you heard of him before? You tell me. Mo, Mo, Mo Goddat. Is, Mo is Goddat. Uh, Mo Goddat. Yeah. yeah. I've heard him. So you would have heard him, Joe, he, for sure. So he yeah. was um, ex- well, he used to work at Google X as one of their engineers. And now over the last 10, 15, maybe even 20 years, he's been working out the scientific formula for happiness. Ah, wow. that's where that's where I've heard him. Yeah, yeah. Cause I was like, yeah. I know that name, but I'm just trying to figure out mm-hmm. where I pointed it. Yeah. So what what's yeah. his what's his formula? Here you'll have to listen to the audio book to find out. But oh. it's <laughs> <laughs> Um, but a lot of it, a lot of the stuff that he talks about is um, the formula is pretty much, and you'll go into it a bit more if you if you ever listen to it. But it's pretty much your expectation matches the event. So if your expectation doesn't match the event that you had in your head, that's the solve for unhappiness. And then, yeah. how do you make the expectation better? Because most of the time, with most things in life, they don't really live up to the the expectation. The real value of yeah. things is in the hype. Like mm. like buying a property is like I'm buying a property. I'm saving up my money. This is well, that's probably that's yeah. the suck part where you have to save up your money. <laughs> but when you're when you're about to buy the thing, but then you 
you contracts exchange and then you settle and you're like what where's the explosions where's all the yeah. the joy so how where's do the you confetti come down where's the fireworks the biggest take that i've gotten out of it is there's there's no such thing as happiness or sadness when you're being present so every time you're being in the present moment that is when you're really truly taking in everything. So there's no expectations. You're just there. You're living. You're enjoying mm. every moment because you're not thinking about the past or the future or anything that's happening. Um, yeah. And that's really the soul for happy is just to be present. Well, that's been my take on it. Ah. Well, that's good. Speaking of being be present. present. Jump on to uh, jump on to Spotify and give us a five star rating, please, people. <laughs> or just from thinking about them. I was happy. I was you're so happy. present. <laughs> Someone so, has lower expectations, so don't get disappointed easily. That's yeah. good. Yeah, but then, but then <laughs> yeah, are you setting yourself up for not being able? Yeah, I know. Like I've thought about it. Like, are you having kind of a almost a, a, a Socrates, Socrates, or that guy? Who was that guy? Who kind of had the stoicism. Who was a key component? Was that which? Which was the main stoic? Stoic. So guy? many. Marcus Aurelius, yeah. probably. Aurelius. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So yeah, do you want me to go next show? I love that. You that's, mate. that's great. I've changed mine as a result as a result of your I've been inspired by your by your purpose and about your Mogu Dad about happiness. So I've changed mine. Okay. My resource of the week. I'm gonna do it, Joe. Yeah, go wild. Okay, so mine and I'm gonna we're already like 10 minutes into this. So I oh, there's so much content. So um mine is a, so I listen to a podcast with a guy called Peter Tia, and he's a he's like a health optimization kind of guy. Really, I just He's, he's just an interesting kind of dude. Like he's just flawed and, and talks about his flaws. But so he's, he, he did a podcast with Bill, Bill Perkins. And Bill Perkins is that die with zero kind of, he, he wrote the book Die with Zero. And, and he talks about, well, rather than sort of delaying all that gratification in the end, actually throughout your life, actually enjoy some of that stuff as you're going along. Like instead of sort of saying saving up millions of dollars and then to 60, 65, going on a trip which, which like an active climbing mountain or something you probably can't do that at 65 actually just maybe dial it back a little bit and even sort of passing down some of the some of the sort of stuff to the kids before, rather than putting it as i'm not saying you should do this you do your own estate planning as you please um but yeah sort of focusing on passing on some of that wealth prior to and get giving to the children or whoever it is your benefactors are prior to um then yeah they can enjoy yeah. their age so yeah that's, have the arguments while you're alive, not while you're dead. You know, it's just... <laughs> I don't know about it. Yeah, you, yeah, but no, that's that was a really interesting kind of fascinating. Because we're all about like delay gratification, like getting the next investment property. But what is it all for? What can, do we do? We have enough as it is. Like, can we just kind of pull a pin on our career and go and live, go and spend that time at the beach with the kids or or whoever it is like you want to spend mm -hmm. it with? So what about you, Joe? Well, that's that's also the beauty of of being a property investor for people that have parents that that might not have a lot of a, a lot of something you can provide for them um mm -hmm. and also not feel the pressure of hey i don't need you know i've said to parents on both sides i don't need any of your money whatever you've got you just spend it you have an amazing time and don't leave anything for us because we're we're okay so that's like that's a like that's a great gift that you can give your parents or grandparents and and let them spend the money by you being social uh financially stable um but i like that die with zero get rid of it all 
while you're alive. Um, I my little uh, I read a lot of business books. I, I read a lot of um, property books. Um, but I, uh, over the Christmas break, I went back to a, an oldie but a goldie. I don't know if anyone else has read this book. It's called The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. So uh, he kicked off a lot of that book. It was very foundational into me being becoming an adult, and I really loved the book. It taught me a lot about travel. Um, and uh, the key premise of the book is um, whenever you want something, all of the universe will conspire to helping you achieve that. You just have to look out for it and be be a, you know be attuned to it um, and put out positive energy, and you will get that back. And it sounds a little bit woo woo mm. the way I'm explaining it, but it's it's an amazing book. If anyone hasn't read it, I would highly recommend it because um, it goes on a journey of of kind of self discovery and discovery of wealth and money and he realizes uh you know some things along the way so great great lessons learned have you read that one Soph? i've i haven't read the whole thing but you got half brains didn't read it oh my god i have if you see the books behind me i usually have about four books on the go because i like variety um yeah. but i really i really like that concept yeah, yeah. i love it um okay so Time to talk about Victoria. Time to talk about Geelong. Time to talk about Granny Flats. Um, but before we do that, we do have to dive in to the fun stuff. We get. The amazing thing with commercial property investing is that in most cases, it's cash flow positive from day one, which means that you can drive those profits towards paying down the debt. There are instances with commercial property investing where you can actually have the property pay itself off over 10 years, which is absolutely crazy. With commercial property, you get massive net yield, so you can expect anywhere between 6 to 10%. And as we've seen in the current boom, these properties not only provide large cash flow, they do certainly grow wildly in value too. Now, with big rewards comes some risk, and this is why you should de-risk your investment as much as possible. And the way you do that is with expert due diligence. And this is why we highly recommend people hire professionals to help you along in your investing journey. Steve Polisi of Polisi Property is one such expert. Being a chartered mechanical and structural engineer in a past life, Steve draws on his analytical and mathematical skills to do that expert due diligence for you. With six years experience in the space, Steve has over 1,200 property transactions under his belt. He's the guy you want in your corner, crunching the numbers and finding the best properties in the best locations, along with ensuring that you avoid the mistakes. Steve has actually even written the book on commercial property investing in Australia. And not only is it a bestseller, I believe it to be the most comprehensive in commercial property investing on the market today. He's been generous enough to give us a massive discount for our audience of 50%. So use the code OZPROP, click the link below, get a copy today and start learning and getting on your commercial property investing journey. And yeah, get on the get on the get on the the journey. So what I was um, I'm loving the inter engagement interaction. Like people are saying, like maybe Mike um, Mike Larry's got got an alter ego. Andy Andy <laughs> saying that Sydney is king from the sounds of it. Jeez, everybody's on Sydney. Like don't worry about Victoria, but no, we are here tonight to talk Victoria and about the Granny Flats. Uh, but first, if, if you don't know Sophie, she I think one of one thing she one fantastic thing she did. She helped. She co-hosted. The, the oh yeah event last year and people have been asking and i just every time that chatter comes up i just i i turn my notifications off for out two days and just pretend i'm not i'm not seeing it because live events um i just think organizations so 
we will we will have another one maybe we'll have another one in 2033 perhaps we'll get one organized in the next 10 years but no sophie so you we, you are if you don't know who she is you should definitely know who she is she is the the queen of geelong property management i hope you're okay with me saying that but you're director of property management at real estate geelong i hope that title is still should be thing and you spent over a decade you look I mean, a decade, that sounds, would you start when you were sort of 12 or 13? That's, that's in a long time. 19. Feels like a while. 19 years. Yeah. Um, you you, I think the thing about you is, and, and having sort of chatted to you to help sort of my own sort of investment, that sort of stuff, it's, it's, it's really, you, you go the extra mile. So I know it feels like a testimonial, but I don't make it to feel like it, but I don't say that about, I don't, because I don't typically guess we haven't, we haven't done that, but to epitomize that you are the finalists of the realist, real estate uh what 2023 national property manager of the year and and, and you were saying that you were nominated for four i mean you, you could have been nominated for up to four or something i was like maybe even more so i was just like that's insane like so many yeah and you've also had a team of free career property managers so you're sort of managing a team so you're really sort of expanding out so i, I think 2024 and beyond is going to be a great year a great year and a great decade beyond for you so good on you so that's why we've got you in tonight to talk about about in 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 Victoria and about granny flats, but before we do that, I, we usually ask people about their first property experience, and but we've done that with you last time. So I want to know what are you, where are you looking to to buy your next property? Like, what does property hold for you next? My whole property strategy is going to change. So anyone who's listened to the last live or that has met me, um, we, my partner and I, the properties that we've uh, invested in have been we call it trash to treasure investing yeah. buy cheap live in it do it up sell it and move on um, so we have we're now doing a farmhouse reno so we use the equity that we made out of the last one and bought this one cheap doing it up and this will be the last live in reno for a while and come to think of it, I've been living in Renault's now for the better part of 10 years. It's been nine and a half years now since we've been living in Renault's. And it's time where sometimes, and, you know, it doesn't have to be this particular situation, but it's been that moment of going, right, is this serving us anymore? Is there a different way? What's going to fit our lifestyle more? Um, so after this one is done and then we're switching it over to farm state um, to diversify, then we're going to be uh, looking at things that are a little bit more set and forget. What's farm stay? Yeah, like yeah. short-term accommodation, yeah. farm stay, full experience of being able to come to the farm, have full farm experience and, yeah. Be the baby goat. Wow. It, the baby goats, the sheep, the chickens, they're all here. So who's, oh, wow. who's okay. going who's, who's to run that though? Like, do you, are you going to get somebody to run that? Are you going to run it yourself? Yeah, I've got the yeah. team. <laughs> You got so the gum boots. That's the most important thing, obviously. Got, yep, got the gum boots and all that. That's gonna be fun. Good, good. Yeah, that'll be. That'll be interesting. Like maybe we yeah. might need to when you when you set the first one up. Like I don't know. That, maybe it's too niche, but would people watch a, a like setting up a rural Airbnb? Because I I, I, I kind of want to know about that because I reckon there's some. Yeah, anyway, the, speaking of yeah. potential, so no, that's that sounds great. Like what what does a set and forget look like for you? Though you you're going to buy more residential and something doesn't require reno and and that sort of thing yeah i'd like to start doing a bit more that is that we don't have to do full reno um mm -hmm. or a short reno that we can just flip 
and move on and not live in it anymore. Um, and because of the business and things like that, 10 years ago, it's not the same as what it is now with running the business and the team. So now when I'm looking at investing my time, because a lot of time goes into doing this, the results are always great, um, but it's just working out time versus return and doing more of that yeah, investing in something that doesn't need a reno straight away or you can get frozen equity out, such as doing a reno every now and then, like what Joe loves loves doing. That's going to be the equity. Next. That's a thing. Frozen now, equity. Is it? It People is. talk about that, Joe. Yeah. You just, yeah. So when, you, I when you know you've made it, when when you have a term yeah. people are talking about so so Finn, that sounds that sounds fun that'll be, that'll be great so um before well, we get into the, yeah the I'm, I'm, of, I'm i'm hearing the things bitcoin in the comments property. here vic is the the bit the bitcoin of of property we're getting a little bit is of it, shade is now. It gonna go, what does that mean <laughs> well four years ago that would have been a good comment oh okay well actually there's a good question <laughs> that has come up i mean don't get me wrong vic of big is the bitcoin of properties funny one but um yeah. what is frozen equity <laughs> How would you uh, how would you explain that one, Sophie? Do you want me to cover that one, or do you want to go into it? You be my guest. It's now yours. Um, You can have it. it. Frozen equity, based on how Joe explains it, with the ice cubes and all that. Of if anyone watched the live event, he went into all of this with frozen equity. But it's pretty much looking at properties that can be rented now or need minimal minimal work, but there's opportunity to create more equity out of the property so whether that be adding an extra room or doing a renovation and then continuing to melt that equity when you need it pretty much did i how did i explain that nailed it nailed it i I would just i would just add that that um it can be like an ugly duckling type of property right where it's ah you know you could spend twenty thousand dollars on a renovation and get an extra twenty dollars a week rent but you don't you don't need to. You can just get a tenant in, mm. don't touch it, leave it, and then unfreeze that equity to make you know your hundred thousand dollars at a later date. And the same thing's true for subdivision. Like I, I was looking at a property today. We're going to turn it from a three bed to a four bed, a three bed one bath to a four bed two bath. Get access to that money now, and then it's got subdivision potential at at, at a later date. So we get our equity now. We get um, you know you put in eighty thousand dollars for um, well maybe a little bit more with the renovation uh, to to turn it so maybe one hundred and ten um, you boost the value of the property you get your money back out um, over six to twelve months and then you've got that deposit there again in equity and then do the development at a later date when you need it as you start to build out your portfolio your money will start to and borrowing capacity will start to dry up. And then you'll have all this equity, and uh, and you can start doing those things. You could you could even you could even do a, a, a debt reduction kind of process show a strategy. There's so many, it opens up many options. So mm. great. Speaking of options, oh, actually before we get to that quickly, I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. we'll have to start talking grannies, but granny flats that is, but um, but Geelong. So what is happening around the grounds in Geelong at the moment? From a I suppose a property management, but also uh, you get a, you get some insights into where investors are buying. So what's happening? In Geelong at the moment, where are what are your thoughts and where are people buying? Yeah, so market is currently at a vacancy of zero point seven percent, and it's been it's been obviously as stock levels go up and down, but it's been generally low um, over the last couple of years, and the demand for that has been either it's not necessarily just cheaper cheaper properties or more affordable properties. Um, obviously, if something is clean and and in the affordable property range, it's going 
really, really quickly, but also high-end properties. So whenever we have a property that's sitting 750, 800 um, in that range, it's going off like hotcakes as well. Um, the mid-range properties to that 480 to 550, there tends to be more stock um, than, than the other one. So it tends to sit a little bit longer, but 0.7%, it's going quick. Um, anyway, so um, doing the investor support services and being on the ground, the pockets for buyers that I'm seeing, uh, they're looking in the south, which is like Belmont and Grovedale areas. There've been a lot of buyer activity in there if they've got that higher range of that sort of 600 to 750 range to get into there. Um, but then also if you're looking in that sort of 450, 500 entry level, uh, people are looking at the north, which is Cryo and Norlane. Um, and then the east, which is Newcomb area. So giving it just gives both options depending on what price range you're looking at. Um, but we've look, we've never been known for good yields. Um, but and when comparing to other states, unless you've held onto the property for say ten years and paid it down, five um, percent really is sort of punching a good yield in Victoria. Uh, but hopefully, the announcement of Granny Flats will just open up a new opportunity for investors. Um, to get better returns or even just to see it as an opportunity if you've already got a property in Victoria. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so I, I guess that's a great summary. Like, well, well done for doing that in a couple of minutes and go on, Joe. Yeah, well, I think that I think it's important because right now you're right. Yields, I mean, I have a property that's $500,000 in Victoria and I am getting $380 a week times by 52 divided by 500,000. So it's a 3.9% yielding yielding property um and that's an hour away from like an hour away from the city of melbourne and i have a very similar property at a very similar price in in uh brisney land um and i'm getting uh 480 i think it is 480 dollars a week rent which is a 5.9 percent yield so it's kind of like it's it, it it is tough as an investor to to kind of yeah uh, you know, I'll just pay an extra couple of grand to, to Victoria. Why not? Why not? Mm. Um, so is if there's a way to um, you know, get this get a way to because I have I have faith in the Victorian market. I think it's a very it's it's the ugly it's the ugly stepsister right now. It has been it's been dragged through the mud. We the, the legislation has not been easy. They have not made the tenancy laws are not friendly to investors. Um but if you can't if you're looking to diversify, right? You have properties in the the, the pretty sister states like Queensland and Victoria, uh, sorry, Queensland mm -hmm. and WA right now that's hot and, um, hot and the thing. Um, can you make the investment easier with a, with a granny flat? Because looking, maybe, I don't know. Well, so can I, you I, talk I just, us through? I to, I say before we get into that, Joe, because WA was, was the ugly stepsister for like 10 or 12 years. It was, it was ugly, ugly. It was like mm. it was the Cinderella Wicked Witches kind of. I don't know, that's I'm just combining two two fairy tales there. I don't know the fairy tales yeah. that well. But yeah, so I, I just yeah, I'm not I'm not saying you should buy in Victoria or shouldn't. Like you got to do your thing, but uh, do your due diligence yeah. all that sort of stuff. But it's just interesting. People kind of have a very a, a, a three to five year kind of not even that they have like a one not to even. two year kind of mindset now. It's like oh, like WA have to buy in WA. Like that's I'm in Sydney and. I'm buying in WA. That's the spot to be. Be counter cyclical, yeah. be greedy. Yeah, I mean it's it's the old Buffett kind of. But I mean I don't know Buffett. It's a stock market sort of thing. So, but it's just something that doesn't apply. 
15 years ago, we bought in Victoria for $780,000 and it was rented for $250. Trying to figure that was. Oh, that's, that's wow. 10. Good job. Where, where's it at now? It's a lot better now. So that's good. I'm glad. It's like, I'm glad you're not have to. I hope so. <laughs> I bloody hope so. Um, okay. So let's talk about the, the, the rules, the laws. What is this thing? So the, the, the Victorian government said some stuff on the internet. Um, what did they say? How does it work? Can you give us the, the deep dive? Pretty much. So on, and this is all really, really new. So it's sort of hot off the press stuff. So on December, um, so on the 1st of December, 2023, it was the VBA. So the Victorian Building Authority, they came out with an announcement to say that they've changed, they've amended the regulations, um, that now granny flats can be, there's obviously a lot of changes in, in those regulations, but um, they can now be rented out to not just well, you can't, yeah, you can rent it out pretty much. So before, before, so yeah. before you could build a second dwelling. So granny flats are not new in Victoria. It's the fact that you weren't able to rent them out as second income or to someone who wasn't a dependent or someone who was a family member. So it was traditionally used as just an extra space that family could use or as a dependent, as a dependent person's unit. And that's where the, the term DPUs comes from which is the more common dwelling or second dwelling that was being built in victoria so what's it so yeah this is one of the things i heard in the group people are like why do they call them granny flats um <laughs> i don't like the name granny flats i want to be independent but but they're commonly known as second um secondary dwelling units in in different states and things like that so what's the yeah. d sorry i missed that dp thing dpu is dep dependent person's unit so that could be a granny flat, like as someone who's depending on the main household. So whether that be like a nice way of saying granny family, flat. yeah, I haven't really stretched it too far. Yeah, <laughs> like it is an auxiliary unit that is detached from the the main dwelling, right? Um, yeah. actually, in saying that, can you have a granny flat that is connected to the same dwelling? Uh, you know, by by a wall, is that kind of considered uh, a granny flat? There's a few changes now that gives you the ability to do conversions as well. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a separate dwelling. It can be connected to the property and it can be a conversion as well as long as it meets the requirements. Mm. Okay. Mm. But you, could, you, couldn't rent, you couldn't rent that, though, if, you, if it was connected, I imagine, because how if would it, you then... If it, if it meets the, if it meets the um, small second dwelling regulations, then it meets it. Hmm. Yeah, because that's, so, that, that's potentially a, yeah. That's a, I, I, I'm not sure of other states, but from my understanding, you yeah, you, you wouldn't be able to do it in other states, Victoria. There you go. So, that's, so yes, what can that's we now great. do in Victoria? Like, what what's the what's the gist of this thing? The, the dot points. Yeah. So, what are what are we? Yeah, definitely look at the amendments to get the the full list, but just the key rules. Uh, the first announcement that came out was about the change of planning permit. So if the granny flats are less than sixty square meters then you don't need a planning permit anymore, but it's as long as your block size is larger than 300 square metres, has no environmental overlays, flooding, meets the site and zoning title requirements. So that's when it's very property specific and specific to the title requirements. Um, small second dwellings now do need to include a kitchen, bathroom, toilet. So it needs to be a second home, not just a couple of extra rooms for... 
They haven't specified laundry, but that may come from council to council. Yeah. Laundry is yep. a big one, usually. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, there won't be any restrictions with how small, um, how it can be used, like being able to rent it out now. And like we said before, it was for family or private use, but now they can be um, rented out, but has to meet the requirements. Um, it must and they're saying that it can it can only be one extra small dwelling on the lot, but then there's a little section that says, but if your property can do it and based on council, so maybe we can have more depending on the property. So that's just yeah. been open been opened a little bit as well. Um, no, you've got three granny flats on the on the back. No. Is there a like lot size that we can put one on? Minimum lot size is 300 squares. So you have to have 300 square metre block, but you do have to meet the requirements of how much um, um, garden and privacy and all that sort of thing as well. So there's a minimum garden area of eight square metres of private open space for a second dwelling to have. Yeah, it's crazy. Well. I, th I thought originally it was 450 square metres that we were talking about, but I'm looking at a brochure now and yeah, it says 300 square metres. Yep. That's insane. Like, so you could have, like, I mean, the house would have to be tiny. Like, could you just imagine, like, having two dwellings on a 300 square meter? I mean, I suppose that's what they do with townhouses and, and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, that's, that's yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's it's changing the, the mindset around what it will be like if you do have just a standard property and then you end up putting a second dwelling on it. It will change the mindset of maybe who's already renting there. Do they want to share? What is the privacy going to look like? So there's going to be a lot of those considerations that Vic haven't had to consider yet, but we can take a lot of um, help from, say, Queensland and WA and things like that that have been able to do that for some time. So because it's such a new announcement and it's really going to be one of those proof in the pudding sort of things, especially with council requirements, that... Once the process starts, there's going to be a lot of grey areas that may necessary that may need to be um, ironed out while we're going through this process. Because just because the VBA have came out with the announcement doesn't necessarily mean that the council are going to know exactly how to handle situations. So I was talking with just relating to the local council today, City of Greater Geelong, and just getting a bit more sort of information about how they would handle certain things. Because there's a lot of questions that are coming up, such as are there going to be separate bins? Are there going to be, like, how how is that all going to work? And um, utility connections, how's that how's that all going to work? And what they said was the the real grey area that is um, just for looking at from the council alone is when you go through a planning permit, it it requires you to have separate utilities, to have separate connections to electricity and water. But if you don't have to go through a planning permit, then where does that leave? Where does that leave it? <clears throat> yeah, how does that work? Yeah. So this is so new that, what did you say? No one has gone, there's zero applications have gone through for it. In Geelong yeah. at least. From In Geelong. Yeah. In Geelong at least. I'm sure that there's others, but it really is one of those whoever's going to be the pioneers to start setting the standard of what it of what it is. It's really, it's so new. Yeah. Yeah, which is I, is I see that as exciting because it's an opportunity, and we're really going to know over the next year or two how it actually plays out. 
from a property management spec perspective, like how do you share a backyard if there is a granny flat on it, right? You smack bang in the middle of the yard. How does it, how do you kind of separate these things and make it, make it work? And that's where it comes down to looking at your site and looking how everything is all configured. Because when you think about, think about it from a unit. Yeah, fence, right? But if 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 it doesn't allow to have a fence or something like that, then you'd have to look at how much privacy can I give them and how can I how can I set that up pretty much. So it's it's think about it as if you were going to be doing a subdivision and you know you don't want to have the two balconies or the two units or the you know staring at each other. So you sort of configure based on that. It's pretty much the same process, except you don't have to go through a subdivision or pay $300,000 to now build a granny flat or a, a secondary unit to be able to use. Yeah, it's just all, all, all those sort of practicalities on on, on what, it, what, what it looks like, which I think is 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 where you, where your property manager would, would come in because mm-hmm. how, how would um how how would you sort of I know you, you're probably going to have investors start doing these in in your sort of area so what what what's what's going to be your key kind of um, go tos on on all these sort of questions as they pop up like who does the mowing like how how does like yeah all that yeah. sort of stuff like garden maintenance like how do you how are you going to manage that sort of situation I'm going to treat it just like any other shared space like units yeah that's that's as that's as simple as it's going to get yeah there's going to be other things to take into into consideration but if it's planned properly then it shouldn't be any different you're still going to have a shared walkway space um you don't have to provide car parking for a second dwelling which is a little bit different to if you were to subdivide and things like that. So that's something you don't have to consider, but it's really just looking at how is it currently set up and how are we going to best set it up. So then um, you can comfortably have two, especially long-term tenants, you want to be able to set it up that they're comfortable living in that space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's going going back to the property management sort of side of things, Mm. do do you sort of see that if people... Do you think that if, if let's just say people down in the next year or so started building 100, 200 granny flats, do you think that would sort of then compress the vacancy rates or do you think they, the, the market with the, I mean, that's, I suppose, a crystal ball question, but what do you sort of see about the demand for, for this type of accommodation? Well, Joe, do you want to bring up the report? <laughs> Perfect report. Second. Report. I, I didn't know. I didn't know bring up that report, oh. Joe. <laughs> you fed right into our hands, sucker. I, I didn't even know okay. it. I, I knew. I knew yeah. where that was going. <laughs> okay, oh, so yeah, this, I did see that. Yeah, this is the report done by CoreLogic, Archistar, and some company called Blackfort. Um, you guys can down. Oh, I'll just share it with you. Um, but this is super interesting because it talks about the. Uh, oversupply and undersupply um, of of properties. Um, so pretty much in Australia, rents are higher than ever. Things are going pretty crazy. We do not have enough houses to put people in. Um, rents are unaffordable. There's not much rental supply. The ACT government has capped rental increases with inflation plus ten percent. So they are the government is doing something. Um, the Victorian government has removed no ground evictions. That's nice. Good on you guys. Queensland legislation limits rent raises. But the problem is this is just addressing 
the affordability aspect. It doesn't affect the supply aspect. So no one's actually bringing anything else to market. Um, but they ran some numbers here. So analysis by the national, oh, you can't even see it. I need to zoom in. The, the National Housing Finance Investment Corporation forecast housing supply shortfall of 106,000 dwellings over the next five years. So there are some interesting times coming, right? Like the, the, the periods where we've had a massive undersupply were um, when we saw some really interesting property booms, when we had World, um, we had World War II, um, we had in 1970s, there was some big housing shortages, the GFC. So there's been some opportunities where housing supply shortages kind of tied in with, with property booms. Um, but across Melbourne, there is negative 23,800 dwellings that isn't going to be built uh, and we're going to be undersupplied. And here you can see Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane via their undersupplied amount over the next five years. So the forecast supply shortfall. Isn't that like, I feel like supply and demand is one of those metrics that is that is kind of new. Like, I feel like it's come into into vogue yeah. in the property space in the past oh. in the past I don't know five years or so. Would like I don't know. I haven't I heard say, it. Man, in they've the been doing supply and demand for like uh, probably fifty thousand years. So I imagine, yeah, just back in that, back when we had the caveman kind of. But yeah, marketing supply, wise, yeah. like there hasn't been as much kind of spiel about it. I feel whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> this the, there's a real problem here, um, and. In Victoria, it looks like it's a big, a bigger problem than it is in Sydney and Brisbane. Um, and what does that mean? They, that, just, like, they just ignore like uh, Adelaide and Perth. Like, what, what are they just uh, always just, ignore? They just wanted the bigger. They wanted the bigger numbers. They probably didn't want to uh, do the research. To be fair, um, so this is where they did a little bit of research on um, where are the opportunities. So there are six hundred and fifty-five thousand residential properties that are suitable for a granny flat. So when you talk about like, oh, it's crystal ball stuff. Not really. We need how many dwellings? A hundred thousand more dwellings and we need them right now. Um, so this is a really interesting opportunity to uh, attack that. How much of the rental vacancy will that soak up? Well, if we can prefab a granny flat uh, and get it on site, get it approved within a couple of months, that's really going to help some things. And could that you, was the reason um, why that's the reason why they made the change as well was because they could see that there was more need for housing and for affordable housing as well, which is in our area, if we're looking at what affordable housing means, it's usually a nice two to three bedroom under four fifty a week or around that four fifty a week. Um, so that's that's a, that is a demographic that they are trying to fill because the um, government, social housing, all that sort of thing, they simply don't have enough to cater to that demographic. And the the demographic that has been most hit by increase of, of cost um, have been the lower um, socio demographic, where up to 50% of their income is now going to housing because there isn't enough social housing. 50% of their income? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. Let's, let's let's bring so we've, we've talked about the the potential I suppose we haven't talked numbers yet we will talk about yeah. the numbers because that's important what what do you perceive because this is all granny flats are still are released renting out um to people are still relatively new but what do you i mean joe and i can jump in here if, if you need but i reckon you could have a more than a good crack at it what do you reckon the long-term risks in in granny flats and, and that strategy or that i like look 
I like the idea of the fact that the planning permits were removed to try and make it quicker yeah. as such, but I'm still glad that you have to get a building permit and have to get a surveyor involved 100% because there's a lot of those site requirements and just um, you don't you don't want to just put it on there and just put a cheap property on there and think that it's going to do something because at the end of the day it is an asset um, and if you're putting something that's of value and you're putting money into it, you want to be able to get value back, especially if you're going to do resale as well. Um, yeah. So I would definitely do a lot of due diligence and get the details, get the numbers, um, start looking at some information around what, if you are looking at spending sort of in that higher end of that like 120 to 150 and what would that get you for the granny flat in return by just comparing to what other properties in that market are doing, not necessarily granny flats but units and, and things like that so then you can get a bit of mm. a gauge of what return you're going to get um, and then taking the considerate like in, into consideration such as privacy to make sure that it is going to be a solid investment in somewhere where people actually want to live because that's yeah. going to be the biggest thing. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Jeff? What are some of the long-term risks that you you kind of see? Because this, this housing shortage, right, it, it's not going to be around for the next decade, right? We are going to make more houses. It's not happening fast enough. The government has, like someone's said here, is going to be, they're going to make a million, $1.2 million houses. One, sorry, $1.2 million more houses. That's what they promised. There's no physical way for them to do it. The far, the, the furthest they've got, um, I don't know, There was we did numbers in another podcast about this. I think it was about um, 180,000 180, 180, that they built or somewhere around the high 100,000 yeah. that they, is a record year. Five, so, five is nine. 900,000, right? So we're $300,000, 300,000 in a deficit to be built, um, which is where I think there's a great opportunity for this. But what do you think of the risk side of things, Jeff? Like what are the long-term risks? of? Well, I mean, for me, the, the risks of it's a, you, you are to, to some extent limiting who, who's going to buy the asset because if you, if you build a granny flat out the, which, which may impede capital growth to not, not may impede capital growth because if you're selling, if you decide to sell a property, so resale value is probably the biggest risk in, in my, uh, I suppose, opinion, because then you're either selling to another investor or you're selling to a, a larger sort of family, like they had been sort of used for the granny flat. Like you, you sort of have a three bedroom or four bedroom house with a, with a one or two bedroom granny flat out the back, which I, I don't know about too many people. I'm, I don't need a, I don't really need a, a two bed granny flat out the back of my house as a, as an owner occupier. Um, but some people mm. may, but then it's who are you appealing to when you're reselling? So, but if, if, if it, it, it if it does, if it aligns your strategy on cash flow, and maybe that's not as much of a risk. So it's just kind of marrying up what you want to achieve with, with all your properties. But yeah, that's probably the bigger risk. And and then even as, as well, sure, I think that that's, that's the, the big one that's, that springs to mind. And the only other thing is you, well, you may be... Yeah, what, what are your thoughts about slums being created? Because of, of all this affordable housing, it's it's creating a slum. Well, I mean... Define I, I slum. Is a risk. Sorry, yes, I guess. How would you define a slum? Uh, for me, I think my thoughts around slums being created is that there are, uh, talking about the numbers, right? Bringing this little page up again, there are 65, 650, there's over half a million dwellings that can have a granny flat put on it. 
Um, there are very few investors out there. There's 30% of the market that are investors, which are sprinkled throughout all of the market. And then the ones that want to put a granny flat on their dwelling is going to be pocketed throughout everywhere. It's not going to be a hundred people within this, this area here that are going to put up here. So I don't, I've got no concerns about slums, slums being created. Um, for my, for, for me, I think the biggest risk is, is, um, I will buy a house with a granny flat. That makes an awesome man cave. It does. Mm -hmm. And, and if you can do something with it, like externally and someone wants to buy that, you can, um, insurance, you should get it. Yeah. Yeah. As a, as a general rule, you're considering this as a second home. So especially if you're going to be renting it out, still have to meet minimum standards and big compliance, still have to still have to do all that staff insurances. So it's all pretty much going to be exactly the same. So yes, you're going to be um, generating a second income, but it will have secondary expenses. You know, talk to your accountant about capital gains, what that all means for you, especially if you plan to do it on your own primary residence as a second income. Um, so there's a lot of those considerations that you'll have to get your team around you to solve a lot of those questions for you. Yeah, and if, if it is a if it is a PPOR as well, like definitely speak to your accountant because that can have uh, tax implications. Um, yeah, because you're, you're changing you're changing mm. part of the mm. becomes an investment Very potentially. Good point. So just yeah, consider CGT considerations. Um, as well not that i'm giving you advice on that i'm not saying it may or may not but it pr probably very lucky will um what, what about this one and we'll, we'll get to talking numbers because i um i want to hear the numbers what you were sort of thought what about mobile movable granny flats have you because yeah. i think what you and which when we chatted in the pre-chat you spoke about this so you're saying people are just knocking things up or knocking shacks up uh, but that's probably not a movable but yeah is this kind of doable there's been i have seen a lot of shacks come up to say the least, um, tiny homes and movable granny flats are different to, so they're, depending on what area of the regulations you're looking at will be dependent on what you end up putting. Um, so there is a difference between a movable and a non-movable granny flat and mm -hmm. one of them's called tiny home. Yeah, it's just go into the regulations pretty much and just, yeah, get that get that education. But there was a question before as well around being able to, where was it? I'll have to look up now. I thought that was a really good one to bring up. Um, someone asking whether could you have or sell a granny flat on the block without a house? It oh, yeah. is a second. Yeah. So you can't have, you can't make that as the only dwelling on the house. You have to already have a dwelling on the property. Um, but when you do have a granny flat or when you do have a secondary um, dwelling, you cannot sell it as a separate to, like it's the whole thing. Um, you won't be able to subdivide yeah. it and sell it as a granny Very flat because point. then that, yeah. 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 You won't be able to sell it separately. Yeah. It, it's not, it's not AB, it's not 17 Smith street um, and 17 a Smith street sold separately. It is, you literally can't separate the two. They are stuck together and you will forever sell the house with a granny flat um, mm. attached to it. Yeah. Which is but a very, I'll get... very good point. But yeah, I mean, that's, I think it's interesting because like I, I have a property in Victoria, like I just, like I said at the, the start of the show, um, but I can subdivide and split it off. I, I'm not going to be putting a granny flat 
on that purely because I cannot subdivide and sell off the granny flat separately, which limits a lot of my capital growth mm. potential. So this these new rules and regulations that have come out to print granny flats like there's no tomorrow, definitely not something that you should be you know, going out there without thinking. Um, but if you've got a 400 square meter block that allows a granny flat, that is, I don't know, are we, are we going to talk to the numbers side of things? Because I think that's that's pretty interesting. Mm. Um, what are, what? How, how do these things work from a from a numbers perspective? Like, how, how do you think about these? Somebody, yeah. somebody's spruiking, um, somebody's spruiking some land they're selling. Uh, I might have to ask to delete that comment. Sorry, but you can't, you can't promote your, your land you're selling. I mean, we, we, yeah. Anyway, that's four thousand square meter blocks, fifteen minutes from Geelong. Good size. Well, there you go. Maybe getting is it Armstrong Creek? I'm not even going to ask. We can't. We can't speak that. No, don't worry. Um, That's right. (laughs) You put it on. Don't buy. Don't buy. Don't buy these subdivisions. Yeah, but on but on the subject of the movable versus not movable, I'll get a bit more information around that and share it to the group around what a tiny home is versus what a DPU is versus what a second dwelling is because it's all going to be dependent on what you do. And if you do end up um, having the ability to get rid of the granny flat before you sell it or subdivide it, like you do see granny flats being up for sale as well. So like there's, there's a lot of questions that I will need to put a bit more information to, to be able to share it with the group. So I do, I do love the idea of it as well, but just logistically, it's going to be a bloody nightmare. Like you need to mm-hmm. plumb in, you need to plumb in services and things like that. So my thought was, what if I had, you know, three or four properties in, in Victoria and I want to sell one. Great. I'll take the granny flat off, move it to my other one. But it's like, when, when are you going to have a house with a granny flat and then be able to perfectly move it because you need to sell this one and this one's not got a granny flat on it? Like, yeah, it's a little bit, it's a little bit hard, but I guess it really is going to come down to rent as well. Like a 60 square meter granny flat, that's what they're allowing on it. Uh, a typical house, well, not a typical, house, but like 100 square meters is a very small house. Like a 100 square meter house layout is very small. So, uh, you can probably only really get a two bed granny flat at uh, 60 square meters. And that's kind of pushing it. It's going to have a small living room, two small bedrooms, yeah. a small bathroom. It's not really a massive, um, massive well, property. And mind you, 60 square meters is only if you don't want to have a planning permit. You still have to go through building uh, permits, surveyors, all that sort of thing. It's not the minimum of what you can put on. It's just the minimum of what you can put on without a planning permit. So just to clarify that but yeah. uh, the mm-hmm. building range oh, and point. and that's the thing it's one of those things that if you start off in the lower range they start off at around that 70 grand you could probably find it cheaper depending on how cheap you go um but you're going to get entry level it's going to be bare basic it's the same as when you do a um, house and land package you either go with the cheaper options or you go with the more expensive options um so generally speaking they're sitting around that seven of uh, 70 to 150 and then it ranges from what it, what the inclusions are how big is the kitchen do you just have a basic toilet shower or do you get more um second bedroom balcony uh, you know um balcony and and deck around and all that sort of thing um and really before you're making a decision on that it's the same basics as if you were purchasing a property or if you were looking at doing an extension it just comes back down to the numbers 
what's happening in the area, what is that quality going to get me in return, what's that size going to get me in return, um, and just go back to basics on doing comparative market yeah. analysis. It's the same. What are you um, so I was, I was going to say. Someone, someone who said, what, what, about about cinema, <laughs> what about a cinema room? So it's like, yeah, you can, you can buy a prefabricated, you know, Ikea box creation that's one bed, one, you know, one bed and the whole room is the living room. Like you're going to yeah. spend what that 70, what were the ranges? So you were looking at prices for these things. What's the typical price range that you were kind of seeing for the good ones and the, the more affordable ones? One, 70 to 100 for? is at that lower level and then 110 to 150 for something that's a bit more. Um, yeah. and then of course, a, that's a one bedroom granny flat, I imagine, or is that a like yeah, some of them I saw were going into the two-bedroom, but then they were very, very basic. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so what, yeah. What, yeah what, actually, what here's, here's a great point. They still need to build the building regs. Um, some of yeah. them, like these prefabricated ones, like he's uh, talking, like we're talking about, they don't yeah. always meet the class one standards of of, of building. So um, be careful of that as well. I mean, your granny flat builder would know all of this yeah. stuff. So just make and sure that's you just it. don't You'd have some. Yeah, you'd have the builder, you'd have the surveyor, you'd still have to go through all of that process. If you were to just buy one, plonk it on the back and hope for the best, um, that's where you get a lot of that risk. Overwhelms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then from a from a rental perspective, can you Airbnb a granny flight? You can already do that now because there's no yeah. regulations around short-term accommodation currently. There's definitely restrictions and things like that, but um, no, there's no restrictions. So any any property, because granny flats, as I said, or having a second dwelling on the property isn't necessarily new. And when I do have clients that come to me and say, hey, I've got this second dwelling or anything, what can I do with it? I go before the regulations and, and all that, I'd say to them, look, we can't do this because at that time it was one tenancy to one title. As a, as a general rule in Victoria. But if you were to go down the Airbnb path, we have a little bit more flexibility on what we can do um, or the short-term accommodation mm. side of it. But now even if a client comes to me and says I've got this second dwelling or I'm thinking about doing this, it's now going to say, okay, does it actually meet the requirements to have it as a rentable property? And that's when it all comes back down to your builder, this, what you choose, the surveyor and all that sort of thing because it still does have to meet the requirements based on the small second dwelling amendments and the regulations. I wonder, I wonder what, what, I, what I'm interested in when, when you first said 70K, I was like, oh, 70 to 100. I was like, gee, what, what, what do you think one of those sort of, uh, top, sort of finish or that level of granny flat would likely rent for? Are we sort of talking $150 a week? Are we sort of $100 a week? I wouldn't imagine it would get much more than that. Depends if you go in and do a little reno on it as well, make it all nice. Um, look, the ones that I'm seeing um, at the moment just as a self-contained unit um, yep. and some of them have been done privately, not through like because we haven't obviously been able to, to do it, but I've seen some ranging from 250 to 350 a week. Once it becomes normal and they're seen as a second property, I expect that that will then become it would then just compare to another unit if they're built yeah. that way. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be like a unit. Mm. Because, I mean, I saw a massive queue. Um, uh, yeah, I saw uh, it. It was, it was on TikTok, I thought, wasn't it? Mm. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't yeah, do TikTok. Yeah. And that's yeah, not just Melbourne. I had one in Geelong. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Can you do and a it threw business me off. out of a granny flat? 
can you do a business out of granny flat i.e use it as a commercial property like they say child i certainly that hope will come, nobody's Childcare from a yeah, grandfather. Yeah, a childcare with a Cairo inside it doesn't make any sense. Without um, going into that info, it'll come down to your zoning. Yeah. Um, Is it very good point? Sort of, yeah. Mm. Look at this massive, massive queue, and it's like the kind of the thing I'm thinking about is like, uh, all these people, two bedroom apartments in Melbourne. As why even bother for one? Like, why are you there? <laughs> like, you get to here oh, and you're insane. like, oh, I might turn around. Um, Do you remember when you used to line up for tickets when we were younger, concert tickets and things like that? Feels yeah, but like there's that. only one property. There's not a thousand tickets. <laughs> it's not a queue I, for coffee. It's a queue yeah. for one property. But That's, um, but, but you're right. That that will change as people start to see units. They'll be like, oh great, this this granny flat thing. It's fully independent. It's not connected by walls. Yeah. Like it's going to be. Is it going to be the same rent as a house? No, absolutely not. But is it going to be the same rent as a unit? Yeah. I mean, I'd mm. be, yeah, I'd be happy to live in a, in a, in a granny flat. Um, if I was, if I was, you know, younger and, and couldn't afford mm. to pay for a house. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just yeah. do that. And, and with the changes of affordability and people looking at all these different options, the landscape has changed a little bit as well, especially for younger demographic. And a lot of people are choosing the, uh, live in a share home or share with three people and, and all that, that's never really gone away, especially in Melbourne and Richmond and things like that. It's been normal um, to to have that sort of share situation. It's when you have a family or when you're in a different side of life that maybe you want a bit more privacy and you just want a house and all that sort of thing. But there are, and especially we've got immigration coming in as well, and they're, yeah, are more than happy to look at units and, and things like that. So it just it just opens up, um, like Joe and like what we've said, it's pretty much just going to be another unit if it's planned properly. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, 100%. I really, I, I really want to talk to, yeah, because we, we sort of skirt around the numbers as to what it could rent for, but I, I want to sort of, oh, I, yeah. know, I mean, we should yeah, save that. Yeah, so at the moment, 250, 350 at the moment as what we... I've seen in the market. There was someone who mentioned that Granny Flat's going for 400 a week in Melbourne, um, and then there might be some that are in higher affluent areas that achieve higher rents, and it's, it's all going to come down to the market and what suburb you you're in yeah yeah mm. well we got to run our second ad so we're going to run that and then we'll discuss some of the number side of things there's nothing worse than going into a situation unprepared, especially when that situation is purchasing one of the most expensive assets of your life against a trained property expert in the form of a real estate agent it's a scary thought but it is a skill that can be taught. Do you want to learn how to become fully prepared when buying a property so you can get out there, buy your dream home or investment property without the fear of actually messing it up? Scott Agate, the founder and expert property negotiator at Hello House, has been helping people buy their properties by stepping in and negotiating with the agents and saving his clients tens of thousands and in some cases hundreds of thousands of dollars. Scott has now decided to share all that he's learned over the past 28 years in real estate so you can go out there and do the exact same thing on how to find a property, analyze that property, negotiate on that property and transact on it to get the best results. He's created the Get Buyer Ready course which is a step-by-step -step guide on how you too can become an expert property negotiator. 
It's the easy way of how you can avoid all of these agent games and get the best purchase price on that dream home or your investment property. The course is in short bites for busy people with no fluff at all. Just all the information you need to get buyer ready and secure that next property with confidence at the best price. Scott has been kind enough to give our community a massive discount with the link below. Sign up today before you even think about putting an offer on that next property and it will be one of the best decisions you ever make. Yes, it goes back. We're all back. back. So, so, um, what I'm, um, because we, we were talking about Sephora, the, and, and this is where, this is I heard and, and saw this come through, because at the moment I was looking up generally Geelong, you're sort of looking around that sort of three and a half, maybe if you're really lucky, 4% yields. If you're really, really mm-hmm. lucky, if you buy uh, ridiculously well, maybe. But, but I was sort of saying, if you, if you could, if you could put a granny flat on for sort of, let's say 150 and it rents for, I don't know. Would, would you, if it's done really well and done properly, it would it would probably rent for anywhere between say two seventy, yeah, two seventy, maybe three hundred. But let's just say two seventy. Hmm. Which should have done that, but I was I was thinking, what's what's that? Two. Let's just call it three hundred. Just to quit. I'm, I'm being generous tonight. So three hundred times three times five. We'll throw it. We'll allow one. We'll allow two weeks vacancy. That's fifteen k extra per year. Um. Plus, you, I mean, I haven't done numbers, but. I worked in my head that would increase your yield to sort of around your sort of five percent sort of mark. Mm. Um, so that's that's rough rough numbers. I should have actually done them, Joe. If you if you've kind of got them there somewhere that you probably don't, so I should have should have done these. I could have brought up a nice little spreadsheet. But so to me, I was like, oh, that's that's actually interesting. But what are your thoughts on that sort of the type investor would that would buy that sort of because everybody says as soon as they Victoria, it's like the yield is terrible. I can't buy that. What are your thoughts on? The impact of granny flats for that type of investor who says, "Oh, it's too hard. Yields don't make sense." Sophie, sorry. are you asking me? Hmm. I thought you were asking Joe for that. Um, no, look, at the end of the day, it comes down to everyone's personal circumstance. Some people need higher cash flow. Some people do it for for capital. That's yeah, Geelong or Victoria. Those, those are the two outcomes that we get out of property, right? It is cash flow or capital growth. Yeah. That is it. Nothing really changes. It's either the numbers work or they don't work. That's that's really yeah. the reality of it. I see this as an opportunity for investors that may have already that may already be in Victoria and they're looking at what they can do to diversify or to increase their income. Um, and if they say, for example, we're thinking about uh, buying another property, but they may not have, they may not be able to, or they may have um, a little bit of money that they want to, yeah, want to put in, but they can't necessarily buy a property or whatever circumstance they're in. That might be something that they're willing to consider, but um, it really is a pioneer's market at the moment. It's really going to be. Mm. Whoever's going to really start the start the process and see how it goes, really. Yeah. People, people keep saying that the two that granny flats are more expensive. And I, I thought that too. So, what? what no. Why, so, why, why I, we... I, well, that's one thing I I just wanted to bring up as well that like granny flats are more expensive than just a flat seventy thousand, right, or one hundred and fifty thousand. Um, one of the that's just a granny flat, right? Yeah. You do have to think about other things that come along with that, like approvals for the granny flat. Like there's going to be a cost associated with getting that. We're going to get surveys in. 
Um, we're also going to have um, a driveway. How are the people going to get to their granny flat? If it's just behind the dwelling and they walk through, that's fine, but you need parking. How are you going to set that up? Well, you don't, you don't um, need parking though, Joe, remember? So we said you don't need well, parking. I mean, for a well, you don't need parking, but uh, it's, you know, Off it's street, good to mate. Off street. I mean, you park on the street. I mean, Geelong's safe, I mean, particularly Karaya, right? I mean, very safe. Park mm. on the street. Park on the street in Karaya, you're a maniac. Um, no, uh, but yeah, you need to, uh, so what, what it'll be is like driveway fences and things like that, because what you don't want to do, like, I, I mean, do what you want. <laughs> what I don't want to do is build a granny flat, cheap, rubbish, crap one, because exactly like that person said before is like, okay, great. What happens when the market turns? Mm. Well, if you have a very high quality, amazing external dwelling that is separated set up exactly like a subdivision and feels like a subdivision, that's an opportunity there because people buy battle axe blocks and people live in them and they love it. And if you can get a battle axe block and make it feel like that, absolutely. I, you know, mm. people will, will live there. So um, I think my advice is my advice to myself buying a granny flat would be don't cheap out and just kind of get it, but also run the numbers on it. Um, mm. from, from an investment perspective, like the way I, the, I, I ran some numbers and I don't know how good this is, is going to go over probably audio. numbers and the ones that I did in my head, but the, the, the other consideration and, and so I don't know if you, this, these will be probably the conversations you may be having with some investors who mm. are going that up. The, um, the thing that I always thought about with, I think about with granny flat is do, do I, cause if I can't finance that granny flat. As in, if I have to sort of stump up 150, 200k, whatever it ends up being, am I better off? I mean, I'm, I'm, this is only a question I pose to myself, um, but open to discuss with, with the audience as well. Am I better off then buying a, an additional property for 400,000? And, then, I, and yeah. then I'm getting, but then, then I suppose it depends on the purpose of the purchase because you buy that house for 400, maybe in Perth before it absolutely boomed and went, went crazy, you could have rented that for maybe 450 or 500. So you would have been getting a similar yield to what the granny flat would have, and you would have had a house um, and potentially put a granny flat on that house as well in, in some parts of Perth. But but then then I sort of say, okay, well that that works all good and well, but provided I can actually have have the borrowing capacity. If I don't have the borrowing capacity, then I can't buy that 400k property or 500k property anyway. So it's kind of it's weighing up, but I don't know. I'm still on the fence as to whether it's better to do one or the other. But um, if mm. I could finance, I, I, yeah, I figured borrow yeah. to build, flat, but well, not. Can you borrow? Flat. Can you borrow to build a a granny flat? Some insists you well, can. It's it you, you can potentially you, you just you you then sort of you'd either you'd need if it was attached to that particular investment loan. Depends on your other sort of um, assets and that sort of thing. Let's just say you've got a PPOR that's got very low debt. You could potentially do do cash out of that investment to then go and build build that. But then why wouldn't you just go and buy another house potentially? So it all comes yeah. down to the LVR and that sort of stuff. It'd be a construction loan if it was the existing property, Joe. But then you've got LVR concerns as well. So yeah, you need to be able to borrow those. You need to be able to borrow those funds to be able to do that and right? be able to and be able to service it as well like just overall being able to cover extra maintenance and all that sort of thing as well great yeah. point yeah. here is an, an equity cash out right where well, you that's what remove... i was talking about that's one of the options yeah. the other one is if you're doing on existing property you could do it as a construction loan but then the construction loan 
Um, then you have then if you if you've got a house that's worth five hundred but you've got four hundred k on it, they're not going to lend you two hundred k because then your LVR is going to be over a hundred, well over a hundred. So yeah, that's just speak to your broker, of course. I'm not saying you should should or shouldn't do anything. But yeah, 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 yeah. And there was there was a comment. Yeah. There's a comment yeah. saying, um, I think I should be investing in granny flat business as opposed to an empire, and it's. I only I only talk about this and, and bring this up because when anything becomes popular, everything is going to increase because granny flats started going up because it was a cheaper option, family living together, all that sort of thing. Um, it was the same as when the new regulations came in for compliance and safety audits and things like that. You had a heap of people coming through because it had to be done. You were seeing prices through the roof um, of having safety audits and all that sort of thing done and now that it's become become more normal you're not seeing the, those price gouges anymore because now it's just you know not 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 saying they've been called out but now it's more of a normal thing um so of course when anything becomes popular and granny flats did become a popular housing option um during covid for across australia as well and it just became more more popular but they are different just like any other housing there's going to be different ranges but um, having, as a point was made before, now that these new amendments and regulations have come through, just make sure you do due diligence on what you're looking at and whether it actually is going to meet the requirements to have it as a rental property. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. The um, the other the other risk or one of the risks, if if you don't if you're not building the granny flat straight away and you decide in two to three or five years, whatever it is, um, is that Everybody and everybody and their uncle or, or auntie builds a granny, decides to build a granny flat, and the council that you buy your property in in Victoria says, "Oh, hang on a minute, there's been too many. Now we're gonna then we're gonna tack on a 15k kind of granny flat charge because we've just there's too many. That that's what I did in Logan. They just tacked on that sort of, and and now you instead of it being 200k or 150k, whatever it is, it's now 165 or 215. So there's always mm. those kind of the unknown of it's like when you buy a development site as well, they could change the zoning on you for better or for worse. Yeah. So you sort of just don't, if you don't, you're not going to do it in the next 12 to 24 months, they could change the regulation. So it's that kind of mm -hmm. legislation risk. Yeah. What if there's someone in, but they're never going to, they're not going to do that. They can't, they can't put a hundred people in a hundred granny flats and then change the legislation, like change the rules around kicking well, them no, out. Well, council will just say, "Hey, look, there's too many. There's too many. Like that's why in Logan, Joe, that everybody, everybody and their dog was building a granny flat in Logan, and they said, well, now there's a service charge for you to have, and they just they were charging people 15k because no. there's too many. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant that, that they'll change the rules yeah. around kicking people out. They're never going to do that, right? Like that's a current affair. You'll be chased after with by camera with. You know, Tracy Grimshaw well, on you. Um, nothing surprises me these days. Nothing surprises <laughs> me anymore. <laughs> um, my biggest thing on this is just just do the numbers, right? Like, um, if you get a house that is, uh, let's say, like the property I was doing, right, three hundred fifty dollars a week times by fifty two divided by the purchase price of five hundred thousand um, dollars, three point six percent yield. Um, if you add a granny flat to that, let's just say it's two hundred thousand dollars. So we're now at seven hundred dollars. Um, so seven hundred thousand dollars of value. Um, we get three hundred and fifty dollars a week from the front house, and we get two hundred and fifty dollars a week from the back house, right? From the granny flat, three hundred fifty. So that equals six hundred dollars. 
divided by uh, times by 52 divided by the $700,000 costs. Um, oh, my maths is not going to, it's not going to allow me to do that. So hang on. Sorry. I'm just going to, nope, 600 gonna times by 700. Uh, yeah. One, two, three is a four and a half percent yield. So the biggest challenge Victoria is going to continue to face is the value of the rents, right? You can build a granny flat, like exactly like what I was talking about before. In in Queensland, I own a property an hour away from the city. It's whatever it was, $500 or, or whatever the rent is. Um, the same goes for granny flats. So if I put a granny flat on that property, I'd be getting a lot more rent. This is a way to create affordable ways to hold Victorian gra granny flats, like, sorry, hold property in Victoria. For me, I feel Victoria has gone, has done a dip, COVID hit, it didn't boom crazy, crazy, crazy like other states did. There's been the ugly cousin. It's putting pressure on the government has put that, that government has put pressure on investors. They've made it very not investor focused, but you can buy a property that was once valued at 700,000 and you can now buy it for 600,000. What, what, where else can you do that? Um, they have a massive undersupply at the moment for the next one to two years. I don't think I, you know, I don't think, I think we're kind of slowly bottoming out and we're going to hit the bottom and we're going to stay at the bottom for a little while, but over the next year, 24 months, you're going to start hearing a whole lot more out of this. And there's going to be a lot more opportunities. The data start going to start to swing. Um, because people are going to be buying a property for 600,000 and they're going to be selling it for 650,000. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Oh, what? 700,000. Um, but if you can't afford to hold this property in Victoria and you think there's a good opportunity there, but you want to hold it, maybe you're tapped out for borrowing capacity, but you have a boatload of equity that you can pull out, get a granny flat on the back of your property, use your equity to do that. That's going to make the cash flow position easier to hold and you can then continue owning that property in in victoria and ride the capital growth wave that you're uh eventually going to get not financial advice as we just always on say that, just on that point though joe um so it's more if you have a small amount of borrowing capacity because if you don't if you if you don't have any if you have equity like you could have five million dollars of equity but if you don't have if you, you can't tap that equity if you don't have borrowing capacity so it's if you have a no, small amount of yes. borrowing capacity if you have just enough to be able to afford to buy the granny flat, um, like pull out like exactly like what you were talking about, Jeff, I don't have $500,000 borrowing ability or $600,000 borrowing ability. What am I going to do? You've got, you can withdraw $200,000 worth of equity, but I want to be investing. I want to be in the game. I, you know, how am I going to continue my journey? I need to help with my cash flow. Well, you spend, like, if we look at it, so realistically, a granny flat is probably going to get, I don't know. I know we were saying 250, but I think 300 for a brand new, nice looking granny flat, 300 times by 52 divided by the purchase cost of $200,000. That's a 7.8% yield. That's pretty bloody good, right? A seven that, that is, that is your investment because you already own the dwelling or you're thinking about buying the dwelling. You want to own the dwelling, but you need to help with the cash flow. So 7.8% people are spending money crazy like that. So if you can get a 7.8% yield, where else can you get that? By manufacturing the value. Um, will the property price drop? I don't think so. I don't think it's going to drastically drop. Um, there was, uh, there's so many, there's so many different. Uh, I'm so glad like you added you the word drastically though, because drastically is a very subjective word. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, anyway, I feel like I've jumped on a soapbox here and, and just kind of blurted out a lot We're of not words. even talking about house and land packages either, mate. Jeez, look at, look at you go. It's good. Good to see some passion, Joe. It's opportunity knocking potentially, but yeah. I don't, yeah. Mm. Melbourne's a dead, dead goose. goose. I don't know. But I mean, people, so many people, people coming to Melbourne. People want to live in Melbourne, the most livable city, like mm. the best city in the world. I don't like it, to be fair. I don't like Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> I would never live there. But it's, it's an absolute city of contrast. It really is. Like the most locked down, the most livable city. Like just those kind of two, like how do they and, – and the, the four seasons in one day, like one minute it will be raining and next minute it will be 45 degrees and then it'll rain and it'll snow again two minutes later and just like what the heck is going on with this place? Like, it's just an insane mm-hmm. place. So, yeah, I think it's – yeah. Can you um, talk to this? I, I don't know. If, can you talk to this really uh, quickly, Jeff? If just to answer how put that the, kind of works. What's the question? The, um, how could you? How can we borrow? Yeah, exactly. We will put up the not financial advice, but how can we yeah, yeah, borrow yeah. against equity? My broker only talks about my serviceability. Hmm. I'm not going <laughs> to. We don't and, do and, advice. And, that, and that's that, that's why I was sort of clarifying your point, Joe. Like you, you can have all you can have equity <laughs> to, the, to the wazoo, but if you don't have serviceability you can't it's it's almost i would almost clarify almost consider it as frozen maybe it's not frozen that's not the word because you're talking about renovation but i would consider that because i I myself have got a lot of i've got a good amount of equity but i don't have the serviceability to be able to tap into that so that's why you that's why your broker uses that term serviceability so it's kind of brokers should just say how much can you actually borrow rather than saying i don't have serviceability that's great you don't have serviceability how much can i actually get because that'll, I mean, yeah, equity, they'll say, oh, yeah, you got all equity, but that's why they talk in serviceability. Serviceability yeah. is probably the most important thing to get a loan. So, so yeah. what it sounds like is you're asking for a $600,000 property. I want to buy a 600000 or a 500000 And the broker's like, no, no, you can only withdraw $200,000. You can only borrow $200,000 worth of value. So this is typically... Like there's there's a number of phases in building out a portfolio, right? What you want to do is get some foundational po- properties in your portfolio that you can eventually add to. Um, yeah, just earn more <laughs> equity being low. Um, but you have typically phases in your in your property journey, and eventually, what will happen is you'll have foundational portfolio that you could add value to in some way, subdivide, develop, renovate, put a granny flat on. That granny flat stuff is going to help boost your income because we're balancing our serviceability and our income and we're trying to make these two uh, like cash and equity and our and our serviceability and borrowing so you might only be able to borrow two hundred thousand dollars you then withdraw that from the 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 bank because you've got the equity in your property but that's all they're going to lend to you they're not going to do a second loan to be able to buy a five hundred thousand dollar property they'll just allow you to withdraw your equity and that is the the money that is borrowed funds because you've taken it out from the bank you're using it to buy another property but it's still you know debt still you know money that you have to give to the bank can I simplify it even further? Oh, yeah, I feel like I made it very difficult to explain. Um, <laughs> if, oh, gosh, if, you, if, you, if you have a house that's worth $600,000 and you have no debt on it, so it's purely just $600,000, it's just sitting there, if you go to the bank or the mortgage broker, they will ask, okay, yes, you have the ability to access this money, but once the money is given to you, can you actually afford to pay it back? That's the simplest term that in my not being a mortgage broker or a banker, but that's, that's how it works out in my brain. 
We've done it. Yeah. We've done it. Makes sense. They see. They see. Um, so what's your so what are your thoughts? So round this conversation out. Granny flats in, in Victoria, Sophie, what are we doing? Is this a yay or a nay, a nay for you? What 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 is it? The proof will be in the pudding for me a little bit. It's such a, it's, it's exciting. The, the one thing that I'm excited about with this announcement is it feels like, and this is taking, looking at it from an investor perspective, it's been a long time that I've felt like there's been an announcement that felt like it was in the interest of the investor. You know, if we're looking at the last mm. couple of years, it's all been land tax this and increase that and rent freezes this and lockdown that and compliance this. And, and so seeing this, even though it 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 is as a way to help with the housing situation, it I saw it as a plus because it was the first time that I looked at it and went, wow, it's one thing that could actually benefit the investor as well. Yeah, can you take an advantage of it as an investor? And then yeah, that's the is- question. So for, for me, going through this, and because I've been in property management in Victoria for the last 15 years, I've just seen the journey of of, of what has happened. And I just thought that it was a really good um, step in the right direction. And I felt like a little bit of a breath of fresh air um, from that perspective. So I was quite happy to see that there was some sort of positivity going back towards that what investors could do because I felt like we just got mm. a big slap in the wrist for a really long time. Whether it's going to solve all the problems, um, we don't know. Whether it solves the problems with yields, I've got a few. There's a, a question there saying if there is such a high demand of for property in Victoria, then why are the yields and the rents so low? Um, I do have a couple of theories which will probably take another hour and a half that I'm not going to go into today, um, but it doesn't necessarily have to do with the demand. I think, yeah, there's a lot of other things at play um, that's more to do with, like, without going into it, I think to myself, right, if every property manager and every landlord decided, right, my property is saying that it's worth 450 but if everyone across the board advertised their property at 500 would it actually affect the vacancy? And my probably theory not. is probably not. It probably wouldn't. But have we as, like, because we've had a lot of restrictions and a lot of um, tenancy advocacy and and, and affordability and all that sort of thing, um, have those things come into play in the decision-making of pushing pushing the rents to go up and and all that or have, yeah, so, like, I'm not going to go into it a lot today, but I think that there's a lot of other things at play that may be impacting why the rents aren't going up in certain areas um, as much as what I think they could be. Um, and that also comes down to property managers as well, is are they are they looking at it from an investor perspective or are they just going right based on what every, whatever, uh, every other property is advertised for at the moment, is that all that it's worth? But are they going the extra mile? Are they looking at supply and demand? Are they looking at demographic? Are they looking at all the things that investors would usually look at when they're determining what their property's worth? Um, do they have the time to? Do they care? Are they getting paid enough? Are investors getting charged enough management fees to even like to to carry the workload? There's, um, yeah, so that's a whole other subject for another day. But I think that we could definitely, in Victoria, I think that we could do a lot better with our yields. All right. 
I just, I just, I just have Joe and I. Well, Joe's already need to look at the break-even point for this one. Yeah, I, I, of True. course. I mean, with any, with any sort of number or financial decision, hopefully that's what. I should almost do a life on live on break it. No, that'd be a little boring. I'm just thinking of ideas for very uh, boring. Well, I don't know. Would it be that? I reckon we can make it. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Um, if you just a quick one on this one, how does it work? If you have a granny flow, how does the manage management fees work? Like, uh, does that look like? How do we think about that? It would just be based on, yeah, it's just just a percentage of the income. So whether it's coming from one property or two properties, it would just be the same. Yeah, Yeah. and then would you have two separate leases because you've got two separate people, right? It's like exactly like if you had a subdivided plot at the back, or you've got one property next door. It's the same. Well, I don't know. I can't talk for your business, but um, that's kind of how I would I would think about it. this is a good good question as well. Have you factored the? I haven't have not factored necessarily any of these, um, but it's it's something that people have to consider. Property management, well, yes. I mean, mm. but if you buy another property, you're going to have that anyway. So, if any property yeah. or dwelling you own, you're going to have that property management unless you're managing it yourself, which wouldn't suggest yeah. people do. But you guys do you um, reduce rent on main residence? What, what are your thoughts on that? Would it would it actually reduce? Are you thinking it might reduce the rent on the main residence? I don't think it will reduce. I don't think it will reduce the rent on the main residence. I think that it will maybe lessen who may rent it if they want privacy. So if they, if yeah, just say, kids. yeah, exactly. Like if it's in a family area or, a, or or a suburb where it's mainly families and they want the yard, are you going to lessen the pool of people that would be renting your house by putting a granny flat in? Maybe not. Yeah. 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 That is a big, that's a big point as well. Like you do have to think about where you're putting these things and where's the opportunity because um, maybe you're better located near transport links and closer to shopping centers and things like that. You don't want to be in the middle of the sticks. If someone doesn't have a car and they can't get to it and they want affordable housing, it might be better suited to be closer to, you know, more accessibility for these people. Mm. Um but I mean, what what are your what are your final thoughts on this, Jeff? Like, how 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 do you consider Granny Flats as an investment for for Victoria? Pretty similar, to Sophie. I'm just getting, what did I say again? I, yeah, I, I don't want to, yeah, like it's it like she she's pretty much nailed it. Like it, it kind of comes down to it it makes it a little more appealing as an as an investment. Like I already like uh, I've, I've said this a couple once or twice on a live already. I think there's there is. Um, opportunities in as long as you can buy well like if you go and just pay whatever the, the sticker price on a, on a deal in victoria is i think you, you you're potentially shooting yourself in the foot but if you can go and identify an, an area that is sort of has 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 some has a somebody who needs you need to buy really well um and then sort of if you're going to do the granny just purely buy just because you can build a granny flat in victoria now I think if, yeah. if you're confident on on the on the data and the numbers, and and then you you can then sort of this is now a little this is a, a cherry on top so to speak. You might be able to increase your cash flow there a little bit, um, to to then yeah. sort of yeah to, to weight that. The, the the last thing that I realized we didn't speak about um in this session is the basic assumption here is that you spend two hundred thousand dollars on granny flat. That end value is plus that twenty thousand dollars where the market value is does the market value actually increase at all? So just because you spend 
$200,000 on a granny flat. You own a $500,000 property. You spend $200,000 on a granny flat. It does not automatically make that property worth $700,000. So you do one, we need some precedents. Like what are houses selling with granny flats um, right now? Have a look. See, right now there are houses with granny flats on them in Victoria. So you can see what they actually sell for um, as opposed to what the normal stuff is. But I wouldn't imagine it's going to. Um, there was another comment here. So there was a like, Queensland is, is well established. Um, WA is well established. Mm. Um, and there are people that are paying crazy money. I was, I was looking at a deal in Queensland. Um, the house is worth 500,000. The granny flat would have cost 200,000 and, and it went crazy. It went like 820,000 or something like that. So it, it well and truly covered its cost, and it was rented out as well. So there's multi-generational families, like people do want to rent these things, which is exactly why you don't cheap out because mm. you want that in sale value to be actually worth something. And you want to see an asset on the back of your lawn, not an eyesore asset over eyesore. Just full of it. Yeah. Quality, quality, quality statement there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't guarantee you can, you can repeat that though. I mean, that's, that's just something that, yeah, like you, you sort of, if it happens, it's, it's just it's all market, gravy, right? You can, for me, for me, um, like from an investment, like from an investment perspective overall, um, if I want to buy in Victoria, I think this, there's some opportunity here. But is that that like if you can buy a house and you can put a granny flat on it in any market, is this the absolutely best place to be doing it? I don't think if you've got $700,000 to spend, I don't think I'd be putting it in Victoria with a granny flat on it at this point in time. The data's not there. The metrics aren't there. It doesn't really make sense from a yield perspective to be able to do that. Um, but I work, uh, you know, I have people that come up to me all the time that are like, Hey, um, I'm diversified, but I'm not diversified in Victoria. I'm, I've got WA, Victoria, Queen, uh, sorry, WA, New South Wales. I need some Victoria because I need to de-risk myself and I want to buy at the bottom of the market. Great. This is where the opportunity lies mm. for you because you can get in at the absolute bottom and then ride that wave. And also, well, I can't really afford to hold it. Well, there's, there's the assumption though that this is the bottom of the market. Nobody knows the bottom of the market. I mean, it could 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 go lower. No one, no one knows. Yeah. So well, um, for me, it's properties, like yeah. Look, there's there's that properties boost. that have been that have been purchased at well at the bottom compared to what it had been before. I've seen properties being purchased for four twenty, and they've got the potential to rent for about four hundred. So it's Ooh, it's that's not, that, not about yield. That's like four or four point six or four point eight seven eight percent yield. What four hundred thousand dollar purchase and a four hundred twenty four twenty around, and then yeah, so other way around. Five percent yield, not bad. Nah, it's not quite four point eight roughly. It would it would need to be we need to rent for four twenty. Yeah, it'd be close, but not quite. Maybe four point four point nine four point nine five. So I'm gonna round that up to. Five. <laughs> um, one, one last, probably not necessarily the last question. You agree with Joe? I don't know. I, I think they spelled they spelled Jeff wrong. They, they, they messed up the the letters there. Right, oh, they misspelled just, it. Just messed up the the e and the f. But no, it wasn't about the yield. That was on something else. So I want to know. No. Yeah, we we sort of touched on this, but we didn't solidify. Mm. Like, what what do you think works best for granny flats? Because great, you hit the three hundred. That's a great question, meters, actually. Fantastic yeah. question. Yeah, what actually works yeah. from a practical perspective, in your opinion? In my opinion, it's going to come down to livability and privacy. So the blocks, it. I I would say that if you 
would I consider putting it on a 300 square meter block? Don't know. Um, especially if you're looking at renting it out um, to a to a separate couple, things like that. Um, I think it would probably be too close for comfort if you're going to be renting it out separately. That's just my personal opinion, though, just thinking about what tenants are usually looking for. And even if they're doing that sort of share situation, you still want a little bit of privacy. So I probably wouldn't jump at doing it on a 300 square meter property. Um, and it would all just come down to privacy. But I would focus less on the block, especially when it, like, yes, look at the block when it comes to privacy and stuff, but I would look at where the block is located and what suburb it's in and where the demand is. Because as we said before, it might be a seven, 800 square metre block and it might be perfect for it, but if the demographic is more family who want the yard, then I wouldn't be jumping and putting a, a granny flat on it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So where, where where would you probably avoid, or where, where would you reconsider if you're doing a granny flat in Geelong, probably like your height, your height and sort of those kind of yeah. areas, more, more expensive areas. Central central areas, close to close to amenities, close to universities. Yeah. But you would think not to put a granny flat there. No, put one Did on. you say where to put them or where to not put oh, them? Okay. Not yeah, to. I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking like that sounds like a pretty good place for an auxiliary dwelling. That's, that's yeah, probably where it's exactly where I do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I'd yeah. do yeah, Belmont Height and would yeah. be yeah, reconsidering. Yeah. Great, great. Yeah. Access. Has, has anybody got any last burning questions on 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 granny flats or in or investing in Victoria before we sort of wrap up our our first? It's it's been a great. It's good to be back, getting getting the band back together and. No one better to have had on or have had on than Sophie. So any 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 more last burning questions? Probably got time for one more. I, I was surprised yeah, the, that we were able to. Sorry, go, Joe. The only thing that that um, that I would add is literally it's just a numbers game, right? It's just like any other investment decision. Mm. You've got to make sure that the numbers stack up. Um, and if you can if you can stack up a stack up getting a granny flat, if it helps you, the most important thing is this doesn't hurt property investors. Like it can help. So many more investors get that next, you know, give get that next thing, get that next thing going, get that next seven point eight percent yield. So there is definitely an opportunity here if you're it's in the Victorian yield, market. Gross, gross, yeah, gross yield, definitely gross. not a yet net net yield. But on a seven point eight percent yield, even if you're paying, you know, six and a half percent interest, um, you're you're still positive. This is an easy one. Oh, easy one. The answer well, is uh, probably very most certainly. I mean, Melbourne. What do you mean by Melbourne? Like which suburb in Melbourne? Like which suburbs in WA? Like, I mean, I, I suppose yeah, the capital city level. I, what are your thoughts on? I mean, Sophie, are you comfortable answering this question? I'll actually throw. I'll, I'll I'll answer it. I'm not normally comfortable answering these, but I will. You can what you can thoughts? answer it if you want. My my answer. I I don't think it'll happen. Yeah. No. Nah. No. It's it's very unlikely. I would say no. it's. I mean, yeah. I mean, something something significant would have to happen in WA, and something significant would have to happen in Queensland, South mm. Australia, maybe. One thing uh, is, land tax is too high in Melbourne. Rather than, is it like, is it that bad? I have a five hundred again, five hundred thousand dollars. Blah blah blah. But I got charged eleven hundred dollars. It's nothing. It's okay. What's that? What, what's 20 that, like, bucks what, a week. 20 bucks right? a week or something. Mm. That's 20 bucks a week. So who cares? 
if there is going to be good capital growth, I do not care if I'm paying an extra 20 bucks a week. So like, I think this is like, I'm seeing all of these all, people are like, oh, it's got terrible investment things. It's got terrible tenancy laws. These are part-time things. These aren't going to like, it, it, they're going to have to start creating more product and, and doing like, there's some opportunity in some places. If you can buy something for 600,000, that was one 700,000. But is it, is it in the next, like, is it in 2024? I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's in 2024, but we're not buying for this year. We're buying for the next 30, 40, 50 years in our investing career. So think about it. Think about it in a way to that, that suits your portfolio. Um, mm. That's kind of how I would um, leave it. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Perfect uh, analogy, right? Oh. Victoria has land tax. North, Queensland North, has high insurance. I don't know about Bridgeton. Oh, Bridgeton doesn't have high yeah. insurance. Well, if you're in if you're in a flood zone, you are. But that's actually a really really good point. That I'm using that. Whoever put that up, I'm <laughs> going to use that when I'll, people talk I'll, about I'll Victoria. It was Tom. Hating on Tom Swites. Um, he's the bloke. Well, Tom wants us to do a. He lives in Melbourne. No, he, he wants us wants to know a live session. Anyway, okay. Well, let's wrap this thing up, Sophie. You've been amazing. How do people learn more about one granny flats, but also property management in the amazing Geelong? region how do we learn more about you how do we get more more of you in our lives i will put my details into the chat am i allowed to do that jeff i think so <laughs> cool thank you. Do it for you it's okay if jeff does it jeff's very very much removes everyone else's comments except for his own <laughs> so <laughs> i do remove some of my own comments so i edit them because yeah <laughs> But Sophie, so what? What, so, what are your What are your thoughts on what are you, any final thoughts on on anything? Like, what do you? Yeah, before we wrap it up, it's because it's such like a <laughs> because it's such a new thing. I know that there was um, someone who mentioned before saying, um, "Don't be political with answers; have a straight answer." With investing, there's no straight answer, and that's where it is sometimes hard to have an opinion a based on something that is very new to the state. And B, it's hard to have an answer that is going to blanket everyone's investment strategy because everyone is everyone's um, situation is different. So when it comes to granny flats, some people will go, yep, this fits my strategy. It's exactly what I've been waiting for and um, it's going to be a good long-term investment for me and that's great. And then some may go, you know what, I'm going to wait a year, see how it goes, and that's and that's fine as well. Um, so I think I'm excited to see what happens over the next 12 months, um, whether the theory of bringing out granny flats as a renting option will solve problems, will increase returns, will have high demand. Um, but it's a really watch this space moment. Yeah. Any other way. Thank you, everyone. Thank you very much, Sophie. This was unreal. I um I got more out of this than than uh, than my Any thought? Victorian property. <laughs> <laughs> what were we gonna say there, Joe? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm actually Victorian property so well. well. Yeah. Yeah. When you, you have to yeah, you have exactly. to keep us, keep us posted in in the team WhatsApp in the team WhatsApp chat. Yeah, you know. So keep yeah. Us, keep us do you want me to uh, flick over the screen view. now and show you what I'm living in at the moment? That will be <laughs> fun for everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's go buy a property, guys. Let's go buy a property, maybe a granny flat. See you later.
Have a good Pretty one. Inflatable. See ya. Hear more interviews and share your story with some of Australia's top property experts and commentators now by joining the Oz Property Investors Facebook group with over 25,000 property investors so we can all become better property investors together. Just a quick reminder that anything we covered on this podcast is not considered as financial advice. This is general information only. You need to go and speak with your qualified professionals to understand your unique circumstances as this is general advice only. If you got any value out of this podcast, feel free to recommend us to your friends and leave us a review. Thank you very much for listening and have a fantastic day. Let's go buy property.